somehow I fell in love with the man who kidnapped me from my husband over a stupid gambling debt. My name is Irvy, and this is my story. Everyone around me kept trying to tell me that what I felt for AD wasn't real, but I knew in my heart that it was. But did he feel the same? And if he did, could we actually survive with everyone we love against us? Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome back to my podcast. We are here for a doozy. So I'm going to stop saying the number of the episode, but the book that we are reading, our books with an S, because I'm doing part one and part two together, is stolen by a billionaire, the Duke Family uh, series by Miss J., Child, I want y'all, like, please, if you haven't already, please go pick up these books. They are, into, like, oh my god, it's so insane, but so good at the same time. Um, all right, so let's start. We have a married couple by the name of Kamani and Irvi Warren. Now, Kamani is the governor of Atlanta, and his wife you know she's his wife um she used to run like a marketing firm with her friend Haley you know they were bringing in big bucks until he convinced her to step down you know like she's still almost part of the company because she didn't sell to her best friend but she stepped down to help him run for governor and you know she helped him win because the people loved her or love her like as their first lady um and so but their marriage it's not going good kamani is a gambler he was in debt so bad that he got beat up by a bookie and irby had to take seven hundred thousand dollars of her own money and give it to the bookie so you know it wouldn't get out the fact that he was a gambler and he was in debt So at one point, she was going to leave him, but then her mom convinced her to stay. And it's not because her mom, like, believes in love and, like, oh, you're supposed to stick by your husband. No, the mama is a status whore, and, you know, it looks good them being the parents-in-law of the governor. So it's just, like, she has stopped sleeping in the bed with this man, you know, all communication, all that cut off, and her mom convinced her to come back. And whatever her mom wants, Irby does, which is like, let's stop and unpack that. You don't even have a good relationship with your mother, but because she wants status, you're going to stick in this relationship that you don't want to be in. Like, let's make that make sense. It doesn't. And so, at the start of the story, Kamani is trying to convince Irby, um, I believe her middle name is Valentine, so she likes to be called Val, and sometimes they do call her Val, because, okay, let me step back, I read book three first, and then I went back and read book one and two, so I was like, uh, why would she want to be called Val, and her name is Irby, because it's not explained in book three, and I'll get to that later when I talk about that book, um, 
So anyway, he's trying to convince her, like, I need to go to this party for the Duke. So you kind of need to get dressed and come on and hurry up. Now, the Dukes are known all over Atlanta because, you know, they have money and they're businessmen. So she's like, I know what they do. I don't want to be seen with them or associated with them in any way. So anyway... She gets dressed, they go to the party, and at the party, he is trying to track down this guy by the name of Duke, and he's like the, he keeps calling him Duke, but that's their last name, not their first name, and he's like, you know, he's giving him eye contact, and but then he ignores him, he's like, not paying him any attention, and after he gives a little speech, thanking people for coming to his party, he comes to the governor and is like, I know you're not trying to talk business at a party on a Saturday at like 1130 at night. And he's like, yes, I am. It's really important. Now, he has already borrowed 600000 what, 650 from, uh, they call him AD, but I believe his first name is pronounced Anais. I hope I'm saying it right. It's spelled A-N-A-N-I-A-S. So, Anais Duke, but they call him A-D. He borrowed $650 to cover his gambling debt, and now he's there asking for another $350 to pay a woman who is pregnant with his baby. So, yeah, on top of him, like, you're already the governor. You have a gambling debt, and you're also a cheater. And you keep having unprotected sex with these women and producing multiple babies. So before they like got to the party, the woman texts him like, I'm pregnant. And so he texts her back asking how much. And at first she says 500K. And he's like, man, ain't no motherfucking way I'm about to pay her. Uh, about to pay her that much money. And so he gets his, I guess you could call him his best friend, to go talk to her. And he only talked her down to 350 So that's the amount that he's there asking AD for so he can get this taken care of. Because although she signed NDAs, it's like, yeah, you can get people to sign NDAs and you can threaten to sue them and like make them pay. But if the person already ain't got nothing, it's like, what do I got to lose? And your business still out there. So what? So he's going to pay her. And so at first Duke is like, you know, why would I give you this money when you already owe me and you haven't made plans on paying back the 650 that you already owe me? And Kamani is coming up for re-election, so, you know, that means people donating, quote-unquote, to his uh, campaign, and a lot of that money they pocket, so he's like, you know, I'm going to pay you back, of course, and like I said, the Dukes, they have a lot of money, he's a billionaire, so really, it's almost like, what's a million dollars to a billionaire, but it's like, that's my fucking money, that's what it is to me, it's mine. I don't care how much it is. I don't care if it's a quarter. If you owe me, you fucking owe me. But he gives them the money. And of course, he tries to give AD the runaround. And that results in AD kidnapping Irby. 
And so there's this, of course, he's the governor and his wife has been kidnapped. So it's a whole thing of people looking for her and constantly asking him day in and day out. Um, reporters like, you know, where's your wife? Have you heard anything about your wife? And people donated to him once again donated or gave him money to pay the ransom to get his wife back so this motherfucker got 20 million dollars from people when you know of course he only owed ad a million and so he kept calling ad but the only way he could call him like you call ad's secretary or assistant stephanie like you call her and ask to be patched through to him so you know he was constantly calling like you know i'm gonna get your money i'm gonna have your money real soon um but technically you know it's like all this run around he was never gonna really pay him because it's like he just got 20 million dollars scot-free he's planning on a way to keep it but he can't keep the whole money because he has to pay Haley Irby's business partner because it was her idea for him to ask for $20 million instead of the $1 million that it was supposed to be. So she wants five of that. Um, and then, you know, like they're also sleeping together. So it's just like, you need to leave her anyway and be with me because we belong together or whatever the fuck she thought it was going to be. Um, but in that time of Irby being with AD, you know, they get to know each other. Um, and she starts to like him. But at some point, he tells her, well, not at some point. It's like at any point, she could have left because it wasn't really about her. It was about Kamani. So he was going to kill him and get his money regardless it's like it really didn't matter so she could have left anytime she wanted to but she didn't want to leave because she was tired of her husband and the life she was living with him anyway so it's just kind of like it was a mini vacation for her and through this whole time ad has his brother amos in his ear and his father who is the second because what it's the grandfather first so that's the original ad then the daddy is the second and ad is the third and then you have amos um they asking him like you know what the hell are you doing usually when you kidnap people they dead by the second day she's living in a house she comfortable like you don't call feelings for this bitch for real haven't you and so he's like man no you know how i do i ain't feeling nothing i ain't you know whoop de whoop whatever whatever but they start having sex and he done took her out on dates he took her on a helicopter ride you know they had sex out in the garden like they feel something for each other and at the end of the book the granddad pulls him pulls ad into the office and amos fucking corners early in the bathroom like you think he likes you he does this for every woman you not nobody special so you know when it's your time to go you need to leave and at first she didn't want to hear it but then like it got in her mental like could this all just be a fantasy you know is there anything to this really and her and ad like they're getting into an argument while fighting over his gun and they're going back and forth and at some point the gun goes off and ad is shot in his neck 
and so of course she never meant for the gun to go off and she's panicking and Amos you know he's watching from afar so he don't see nothing but the fact that this bitch done shot his brother so he shoots her a total of three times and it's like that last time he went to shoot her, although AD is screaming at him to stop, Amos ain't stopping, but his gun jams. So when the gun jams, you know, she turns and runs away. And, oh, also, oh, how could I forget this? It was at one point where Kamani, like, calls him and says, you know, I got your fucking money. Tell me when and where to show up. So... Irby had asked him, like, you don't think he's going to try to set you up and, you know, get you arrested? And AD, you know, he was kind of cocky with it. Like, he wouldn't dare do that. But lo and behold, that's exactly what he did. Because he sent two men in there, um, you know, to act as if they were there to pick up the money. And cops swarmed the place and arrest those two dudes. So, you know, they got away and was like, he really tried to set me up. So, after that, you know, the gun goes off, she gets away, whoop de whoop whatever. So, when she gets to the hospital, um, Kamani is there, and her parents are there, and she's just sick. She's like, I'm tired. And the parent, like, her parents notice how Kamani ain't comforting her, like, ain't nothing. He's just staring out the window, ain't saying like i'm so glad you awake none of that whatsoever so when the parents step out to let them talk he's like you fucked them didn't you and she's like what he was like you fucked them didn't you and she's like no like what did you talking about so i guess he got to her like before they got her to the hospital um but he took off the three necklaces that she had around her neck and somehow found time to go get them appraised. So two of the necklaces were worth $40,000 a piece. And then there was one necklace with her birthstone on it that was worth 100 Gs. And it's like, how the hell do you have time to go get necklaces appraised? And then you still have the... Ne- one thing I would never understand about people who are cheaters themselves. How do you cheat on somebody... But then when you even have an inkling or a feeling in your gut that you're being cheated back on, it's the worst thing in the world. How the fuck do you think that other person feels of what you're doing to them? They're just supposed to suck it up and deal with it, but never do the same shit to you? Like, you're not special, nigga. I'm getting my lick back. What the fuck are you talking about? So it's just like, and she tells him that, like, you got some nerve, like, you have gotten multiple women pregnant, despite the fact, I know I be forgetting shit, so, that same girl that said she was pregnant, right, the night of the party, so he goes to her house, because he has keys to all his side bitches' houses, it was so, it's so bad to the point where, after he had dropped Irby back at home and got back in the car, his driver was like, which one? Like, which house am I going to? But he got houses to all of them. So he had went to her house and told her, you know, you need to take these pills. And when I see the blood in your pants, you know, then you got a deal. Because you're not 
just gonna i'm not giving you money and then you might fuck around and keep this baby anyway you're gonna i'm gonna watch you lose this baby right in front of me so after she took him and you know like all that started going on while she's bleeding out on the bathroom floor he tells her you know you finna get half of the money now and then you'll get the other half when i see a negative pregnancy test and she's like that's not what you just said which is not what he had told her he just says, you know, I just need you to take these pills, then you get your money. Uh, oh, but also, you know, while he out there bullshitting, and like I said, he was also trying to cut Haley out of the deal and not give her her money. So he got shot at, and while he was thinking it was AD's people, it was actually Haley sending him a warning, like that was just a warning giving my motherfucking money. Because how sloppy it was and how out in the open it was, because his driver died a little girl got shot because you know they was just opening fire out in the open and it was a couple other people that got hurt too it's like that Haley, who whoever she stopped to do that they had like no no plan no nothing they was just open fire like the ad's they're more smart than that like come on now we we the dukes baby the fuck is you talking about um so after that and while she was missing, I don't know how I forgot this, um, the people was turning on him. They didn't believe that Irby really got kidnapped because, and then every time he talked to the press, it don't look like he concerned, like he don't care about her. He's just going on about his life. And the nigga kept trying to go back to the office. It's like, sir, your wife has been kidnapped. You can't just be working and going on about life as if nothing has happened. So then when she makes it back home, it's to the point where everybody think this is a scheme that they set up to come to Atlanta with the bullshit. Because it's like, she just come back, you know, what happened to the money? Were you ever kidnapped? You know, but when she gets back with him or when she quote unquote comes home, she don't even go home with Kamani. She goes to her best friend, uh, Christina's house. Babe, when we get to Christina's story, my fucking God. Oh, I can't wait. Christina's story was a fucking dude. Like, this story is crazy, but I think Christina's story was even crazier. Um, So, when she get home, she telling Christina all about it. And she's like, you know, girl, I think I love him. I don't want to be here no more. I want to go back, you know, to his estate. I want to be with him. I didn't mean to shoot him. <laughs> you know, like, I love girl. But I love him. And so, AD, he miss her too. But, you know, of course, they can't just be talking to each other all willy-nilly and being with each other. Um, And he's like, you know, I only got grazed in the neck. It didn't even really hurt. He ain't been taking no pain medication, nothing like that. He just taking it all in stride like a G. And he hasn't been talking to Amos because he like Amos knew that he wasn't hurt but all he saw was that his brother got shot so and amos does not like to be ignored i mean who really does and so he's like slowly going crazy because it's like his brother's not talking to him and ad although they have their father with them it's like ad was another father figure because their mother ran out on them like a long time ago um 
So he's like, man, that bitch tried to kill you and you don't want to talk to me because I did what was right because he ran up in his office one day like, nah, fuck that. You're going to talk to me. I don't care about you being mad. You're going to talk to me. And AD basically ignores him and ignores his grandfather because it's like, you was talking crazy to me in that office and I watched my cameras, nigga. So I saw you go into my bathroom and feed her all them fucking lies. You know, I ain't never did this for another woman. And they just like, basically both sides are telling them like, Y'all cannot be together. Like, this shit is not smart. Y'all need to, like, basically cut it and let it be what it is. But it ain't over because the fact that Kamani tried to set AD up to send him to jail, oh, he wants that nigga head, so he's going to die pretty soon anyway. Um, And so, but when it, uh, who was it? Dr. Warren. Dr. Warren is a part of the Dukes family. She's, quote, unquote, like their their second mother because she's been around for a while um she went to go see Irving in the hospital and she like gave her a shot and was like everything's gonna be okay you know if you need anything call me or you can let me know and so that was her way of telling her like you know you can reach out when you want to and she had went back to AD and he's like you know how's she doing and she basically gave him like a little checkup you know she alive she good we'll do whatever um so at some point she calls him and it's like i miss you i miss you so much now the one thing i will say that that got on my nerves in the second book it's like when she finally got home and she was telling everybody like how much of a strong connection they had and uh you know just how great it was how he makes her feel Everybody's like Stockholm Syndrome. You have Stockholm Syndrome. Stockholm, Stockholm, Stockholm. Every other page had the word Stockholm on it. Or it damn near felt like it. And it was just like, okay, we get it. But this is a book. Let us live. Like, I get that. I know that sounds fucking crazy. But it's like, this is fantasy. Like, I'm supposed to like this shit. They had a good time. Let them be in love. Like, you know, whatever. So she's been fighting it this whole time. Like, it's not just Stockholm. Like, he really likes me. He really treated me well and provided me, like, with a good time and all that type of stuff. And I really love him. And so at some point, he shows up at Christina's door and it's like, oh, baby, I miss you so much. And it's caught on camera. And come on. Come on. Then it, like he was slowly like spiraling because it's like you still owe him money, you still owe Haley. You cost for your driver to get killed playing with people. Uh, the American people don't want you in office no more, so you got to step down and you know and go to rehab because he claimed that he was on drugs and all this type of shit, so he had to go to rehab to get his mind right now. Also, during this whole time, there's a, what's his name? Agent Dean. He, they describe him like an old man, like he's close to retirement. So this is like his one last big case. And he's been gunning for the Dukes for a long time, trying to catch something on on them. But of course, he can't find anything. So Kamani gets in contact with him and is like, you know, I can help you get Duke. Like, you got to protect me but you know go arrest him and all of this was his uh not his idea but basically like his fault he kidnapped my wife so 
you know, if you get him, I'll testify and help you put him in jail. So, um, Irby went back to his house, you know, he moved, she moved in with AD and come to find out she's pregnant, but his lawyer tells him like, you know, pretty soon he's going to come and arrest you because they feel like they got something on you. Like you're going to go to jail for kidnapping. So he gets, he gets arrested. Uh, it was a night of a party while she, she took her business back over because after she figured out that Kamani was actually sleeping with Haley and that was the reason why he asked her to step down because Haley wanted the business all to herself. Although Irby never sold it to her, she just stepped down from her position. So she came to her, uh, Irby came to Haley and was like, you know, I got proof that you've been like embezzling money and that you were a part of the scheme to get the $20 million. So this is what you're going to do. You're actually going to be the one to step down this time and like sell to me and basically like i got control now your ass is out the door um so anyway yeah he gets arrested and she has to testify at some point and so when she testifies like she's already went over it with duke's lawyer like this is how it's all gonna go you know ain't nothing gonna happen so she's like slowly breaking down while duke is like they don't have anything. Like, I'm not going nowhere. It's all good. Just relax. So when she gets on the stand, the lawyer is like, uh, the prosecutor, he's like, do you know who kidnapped you? And she's like, no, I don't. And he's like, your honor, please remind her that she's under oath. And she's like, I said what I said. He, not one person kidnapped me. It was three men who kidnapped me and he wasn't it. And so they try to change the verb. It's like, okay, so do you know who had you? And she's like, you know, no, I was in a padded room for three days. Nobody spoke to me or told me anything. And it's like, okay, after that happened, who had you? And that's when she was like, uh, and I used it. But that's not kidnapping, though, because it's like he was not the one who took me and held me. It was just like after a certain time, I was with him. And so, uh, the, not the judge, Lord have mercy, the defendant, AD's lawyer, stands up and was like, uh, just one more question. Could you go home at any time? Like, could you have left at any time if you wanted to? And she's like, yes, yes, I could. And I was like, that was the reason I mentioned earlier when I said he told her that she could go home if she wanted to. Because it's like, so technically it was not kidnapping. She was just hiding out at his house because he kept telling her, like, you know, if you want to leave, you can leave. If you want, like, you can go if you want to. Like, I'm not holding you here. So if you want to leave, you can leave. He kept telling her that. Um, and so, you know, like, with her saying she could have left at any time, it's not kidnapping. So they have to let him go, which they do. And, um, oh, as <laughs> this was funny. So at some point, Amos, like, came into the office with two black eyes and, like, his face was fucked up. And he was at, what was it, Dunkin' Donuts, I believe, getting something to drink when a woman ran up out of nowhere and, like, three-pieced his ass and ran away. So he thought it was just a random, a random woman in a case of mistaken identity. No, it was Christina. And when uh, Irby had told her, like, you know, Amos was, was the one that shot her. So, yeah. And um, Irby and 
Christina used to run a underground like food a uh, food Lord school fight. So it's like when people had beef at school, they would tell them like you know don't fight out in the public, do it here, and they made money off. Of it. So you know, when her used to fight in like that, she got him real good and like ran away. So they hate each other. Whoop de whoop. But we gonna get into that later. Um. So yeah, he was all messed up just in that office looking crazy. But anywho, so the story ends with her being like, like I said, she was pregnant and um, they had a baby AD the fourth. So now they are on their fourth and Ais Duke and he he proposed to her, but he did it like they did an interview with BET because the people still ask, like, you know, was this a scheme that y'all set up? You know, are y'all really in love? Once again, is this Stockholm? Um, like, what's going on? And so she's like, you know, later on down the line, we're going to tell our kids the truth. But as far as everything else, you know, it's what we told y'all what it was. And that's when he gets down on one knee and proposes to her and that's how the story ends they are in love and they're going to stay together and all that good stuff all right i hope you guys enjoyed this and i hope to see you back in the next episode peace my beautiful people